Shuffle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Kill Shuffle. Welcome, welcome. We're still here. We are. We're still kicking. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do that. We do. Myself, Donald. I'm Dylan. And what we do is we review albums once every couple of weeks. Um, it's a pretty simple, simple mission statement, but theory, I think it's served us well over the years. Yeah. You know? It has. Yeah. It <laughs> got you, us through this year. So. It got. It's yeah. It fully did. It got us through. I think music has been one of the things that has really helped stem the insanity of this lockdown lifestyle. I don't think we've really taken a break, have we? Or uh, we've maybe we take sabbaticals every now and again. <laughs> but no, we've 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 pushed through. We figured out the remote we re- remote recording stuff, and yeah. and now thankfully we are back in the same room, and it's all. Fine and dandy, uh, kind of. Yeah. I mean, pandemic still rages, but we won't talk about that. What we will talk about this week is new albums from Blocks, Narrowhead, and Kao Otani. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Uh-huh. Fantastic. Uh, as well as a look back at an album from, I believe, 2012 uh, from a band called Tram, uh, which I'm super excited to talk about because... What is a tram? What is a tram, you ask? Well, it's not what you're thinking. No. Um, it's not a mode of public transportation. It's something very different and very jazzy, and we'll okay. talk about it. Um, yeah. And before we kick off, I suppose, at the start of the show, there's a few uh, little extra bits um, to, to chat about. First being that uh, this week, after uh, quite a delayed uh, production process that was very much impacted by the, the pandemic... Um, I received my failure 1992-1996 box set. And let me just say, Dylan, it is a thing of beauty. (laughs) Oh boy, you don't say. It's just, it's just gorgeous. It's actually even nicer than I was expecting. So what happened was, um, you know, the uh, the failure, sort of said, we're going to release our first three albums, uh, plus a bonus album of of outtakes and rarities um, as, as a big box and it's going to be available probably sometime around uh, early April. And we all know the rest of the story. Um, production had to be moved and all sorts of things. And basically, uh, I got my hands on it finally. Most people were understanding. Most people, Some people, most people were, were understanding. The internet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, feel, I, I did feel really bad for them. And particularly, you know, this year, because Failure had huge plans in terms of they wanted to get a quick turnaround on the, on the, on the box set. And also, they, were, they, had a, they had grand plans to do um, a tour of... Uh, the three albums in full uh, on different nights in, I believe it was New York, Chicago, LA. And I think there was also plans I got to that, do it. I, for, I forgot yeah. that was going to happen. Yeah. I thought that already happened. There were tentative plans to do a London show as well. A three London show, three nights. Um, and oh my God, you I cannot tell you how we quick would travel. Would, we what? would fucking travel. Oh, of course I would travel. I've seen, I've seen Failure in New York before. Um, and yeah, I, I suppose at that point... They didn't have. Uh, I, I think. I think I saw them playing highlights from the three albums because at that point they didn't have any new music, and um, beyond oh, the Tree of Stars yeah, EP. Yeah. Wow. So I have seen a failure sort of back catalog highlight set. But to be honest with you, my my obsession was not quite as deep in 2014 as it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, it was deep, but now it's like a bloody. I don't know. It is deep water horizon. It is, uh, <laughs> stuck its claws into your into your yeah. brain and it won't let go. Anyway, bite the box really quickly. Um, the all three albums have been uh, totally remixed and mastered from the ground up from the original tapes by Ken Andrews and um, the sort of singer and, and, and co-lead songwriter Failure um, we kind of know about that already I've discussed that before they're available as digital downloads uh, off uh, their website um, but the Outtakes and Rarities disc is really really interesting you've got 
Um, Greg playing fretless bass and just the weirdest shit like pre-comfort pre their first album mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. artsy and strange all the way through to songs that they <laughs> apparently don't even remember writing in the house that they did Fantastic Planet in songs that sort of emerged right right at the end of that their sessions and didn't make it onto Fantastic Planet so to hear it all in, in a in a sense that lives up to the latest stuff. Yes. Right. Yes. That's and yeah, like early early versions of Petting the Carpet, for example, which wow. did, which ended up making it onto uh, the Heart is a Monster. But more interesting than all of that, because trust me, they sound absolutely fantastic um, on a good sound system. But even more fascinating than that was the booklet that came with the that came with the album, and um, which is just it's a it's a really really well done affair. They've got interviews with like you know Maynard James Keenan and Paul Demore from Tool. Mm, um, they've mm. got like some of the guys from Interpol, Mastodon, Stone Temple Pilots, um, fucking Chino from Deftones everybody just saying here's the impact of failure had on my life here's the reasons why I love X album Y album and then a really really long biography of the band with super interesting nuggets of information such as Ken Andrews was with Dr. Dre working on NWA albums in the studio and Dre was like here's my latest you know here's my latest production and Ken Andrews would be like cool interesting because he worked on he before Ken was failure full time he worked for a music video production company and they did tons of gangster rap videos and like West Coast gangster rap and so he found himself in the studio with NWA and um and just you know just loads of interesting stuff like that like you know going on that that giant tour with uh with, with I think it was Tool and the Flaming Lips back in 95 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um all about the production process of uh, for example on Magnified uh most of the drums done by Greg Edwards couldn't play the kick drum, so we played the rest of the kit and put the kick drum in on the drum machine. <laughs> Wouldn't have guessed. No, no, and a guy that literally could not cut it in the band, um, and uh, I can't remember his name, but he was like, he did like four tracks and was like, I can't, this is too weird. I can't hack it. <laughs> I think I've been in a band like that yeah, before in my yeah. past. Yeah. Multiple times, maybe. It's, it's funny, man. And then Kelly Scott, when he came in on Fantastic Planet, was inspired by the weird drum style of Magnified, and that influenced his his drumming style on Fantastic Planet. That's um, so weird. You don't plan yeah, on that, right? No, 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 no. Just a really interesting box, but that particularly, that, um, you know, that, that, that book that, that kind of outlines the history of the band was just... Fantastic. And what's your favorite of the of the remastered? Oh, the I, first, maybe. Yeah, I think if you if you're going remastered, I think you have to give it to Comfort, the first record from '92, because that record has been pulled from an album that I never really listened to because I thought that it sounded like garbage. Sorry, Steve Albini, to to just being like another g- towering. It's on the shelf. Fantastic failure album. It's it's allowed me to appreciate the music. I still I still think it's probably the least good of the three. At least. I wouldn't say intuitive, but but it's 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 kind of it, it goes on its um yeah it has its own uh, box of sounds it picks from and Absolutely. stays in that yeah um because they're of course learning right that was that was a learning process yeah I think Robert sound. Robert the drummer I think that's his name um had you know he had a very different style to Kelly but um you know but what this new mix allows you to do is it actually allows you to appreciate what they were doing and uh, they they were they never claimed to be they never wanted to be a sort of live in the studio band but that's the way that Steve Albini recorded so Ken being able to pull out performances and give more of a studio feel yeah like give more of a produced feel to the album definitely makes me appreciate it more and I think that's a fantastic album so yeah. It, it, yeah it's just and the outtakes and rarities like I said is, is well with your time so cool. listen there are still a few signed copies left they're not cheap 
but you know, all I would say is I would highly recommend even just investing in the digital the digital the digital box, just the recordings, because yeah. they are so much better than what you get on Spotify. I can't even tell you. <laughs> this is the way to listen to failure. It mm-hmm. really is. Uh, Fantastic Planet, funny enough, no no new mix. Fantastic Planet is just a vinyl pressing. It's just too good. <laughs> because it, what what is there to improve? Like there was nothing to improve. The only way I would change it, and I wouldn't replace it, I would have it as a separate side, would be yeah. um, re-envisions or just reinterpretations of the songs, maybe. Well, I have news for you, friend. There's yeah. a reinterpreted version of Solaris on the outtakes, that's, and it sounds that's fantastic. Exa- that's exactly it, right? Yeah. Because when we write songs, we see th- like three different versions that are as excellent as they could be, but yeah. we stay with one, so... Yeah exist and a uh, final word on failure uh, there is new failure music coming soon I've, I've of course we need to live <laughs> musicians need to get paid they do make that and dough. this in the in the in these times you know if as awful as the circumstances are if uh, i'm literally expecting every band to have something i know I, yeah 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 I, I, with some some variation on the name like viral overload or something but in all seriousness um it's it's sad that you know that they couldn't tour etc cetera, etc cetera, but if it means that they've been working on new music it's kind of a good good news for us so that's that's failure and um, some sad news as well um you know some some icky news that i don't want to spend too much time on but I kind of feel like it, it bears mentioning and, and stuff mm. is that uh, Alex Fitzpatrick, uh, the owner and founder of Holy War Records, a album, uh, sorry, a record label that we have covered extensively, um, just to name a couple of the bands that are, you know, uh, well, up until recently, um, were on the label, bands like Rola Tomasi, uh, Mull, Carbomb, Antethic, Slow Crush, Svalbard, sure. Elephant Tree, uh, Bosk, you know, bands that we've either reviewed on the show or just are very fond of, bands that I've seen at Arctangent, um, you know, uh, those those are the bands on Hollywood Records. And what's happened is there have been two very, very serious and troubling allegations uh, against Alex, Alex Fitzpatrick and, um, you know, rightfully, you know, the staff have abandoned the label, the bands are all working to sever ties with the label. It's it's really horrific, and we're not going to go into it here. But you can look it up yourself. It's online. It's it's available in various different news articles. Um, what you know, Alex is accused of doing by two two separate parties, two totally different situations, um, and it's it's not okay. And I suppose yeah, it's and I would say really really it's poor not, it's it's fucked up. Yeah, and um, I think you know it. it you got to we we got to deal with um it in a very uh discussive way mm. um everybody does yeah. as a as a part of a accountability culture rather than cancel culture i would say accountability culture um yeah. so really get the people to to know their the ways instead of just driving them into the dirt i guess absolutely I, oh yeah no no i just as I, awful yeah. as it is like yeah. these people need to kind of apologize and all that stuff and just yeah and then some yeah and I, th- I, th- I think the response which which very much was in the form of I've been told to say nothing by my lawyers is you know far from satisfactory and uh, you know and I yeah. think I think I think I think all involved Ubisoft had a similar thing yeah recently yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I think basically with, with an organisation that's so when you have a large organisation it's it's uh, it can often be a case of well we can kind of cut the cancer off the, the, the host or whatever it is I think when you're talking about a label that had, you know, maybe four staff, and um, plus plus the owner, 
it's a very different situation mm-hmm. and let me just say that you know I we support the victims and I think they were very brave to come out and say what they said yes. from somebody who may not have a lot of power in the broad scope of society but within the scene that you and I are very fond of and within the kind of underground music scene he did have a lot of power and it's but the sounds of it he kind of abused that power and I think it's important to be able to speak out against people with power even if there's fear of repercussions repercussions uh, losing yeah. your job during a pandemic t- pandemic yeah. Yeah. Inv- voluntarily yeah. it, it, you know we, um, it's tough it is and we and I suppose we would also just say that our heart really does go out to the bands um, who are sort of left in the wake of this which is not a situation of their making um, particularly I would say bands that have had recent album releases and album releases that are just over the horizon yeah. uh, Svalbard comes to mind their I album to their stuff and I was like I've only heard of this band yep so I'll, I'll keep I'll keep on you yeah yeah, yeah. Svalbard uh, Pam Reader whose album comes out next month and uh, the, a band that we're going to talk about um, whose album has only been distributed in the UK and Europe under Holy Roar they are a run for cover records uh, band but Narrowhead uh, did have a relationship with uh, Holy Roar and um, as we're probably going to talk about their album is excellent so I just you know I just want to say as well that you know our heart goes out to the bands because these bands on Holy Roar I know kind of from previous uh, previous articles and interviews very few of them are making any kind of money it's bands that are doing it for the love of music um, it's bands that needed an infrastructure to actually put their music out into the world and bands that will not easily be able to uh, move production and distribution and everything uh, to another label so I really hope that whether it's Big Scary Monsters or some other uh, maybe Sergeant House um, you know other labels of a similar size could come out of the woodwork and actually give these bands a leg up it would be great because they need it I'd be pretty hopeful that would happen I really hope it does happen a lot of people uh, there's a lot of eyes on this from from labels yes there is there is but yeah like I say um, you know it's very brave of the the two uh, people that came out also a really terrible situation for the bands yeah there's no winners there's literally Um, no winners in this (laughs) except the the bands that can get their music out and we can Worship that awesome music. Yes. Like we do. Yes, um, exactly. Spread, spread that love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. And, uh, you know, Justine of Employed to Serve and the other employees of Holy Roar, um, I'm really hoping that, you know, maybe they club together and create something of themselves. Yes. And also, yeah. um, another bit of news. Uh, uh, Milk Teeth have, have um, abandoned ship, I guess. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that really sucks. Well, well remembered. Yes. Um, yeah, Milk Teeth, a band, I think a band with a bit of a troubled history that we maybe kind of went into a little bit in our review of the really, really very good album that came out this year. Yeah. You know, uh, they had loads of lineup changes. They had moments where it felt like they were teetering on the edge of existence, but then kind of came back from the brink and parts of their career that I've loved and parts of their career that I haven't loved quite so much, but it felt like they were in a really good place. There's been many faces of Milk Teeth, but Becky has always been there. Yeah. Um, so it's been very, very tough, I'm sure, on that front. Um, yeah. Because it happened this summer, of course. Yeah. There was kind of a three-month gap of not too much. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, again, releasing an album um, and then, you know, probably six weeks later being sort of told that the live music environment, which is which is such a cornerstone of, like, there's such a DIY band. I, I'd say anybody in that, like, 
Becky meets Nervous. sort of M Foster, Nervous yeah, Nervous. like universe. Like they 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 eat they live and breathe live music. Um, so to be cut off from that is it's yeah it's it can be a death sentence for bands. Um, and in this case, it was for Melted. So you know it sucks, but we look forward to seeing what she does next. And we we kind of know that M will always come back with a new project because. <laughs> She's just nervous, still there, nervous super still prolific, there. and 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 nervous is, is still there. And I, the drummer, I guess, uh, I think I cannot remember the drummer's name, and I'm so sorry. Um, but you know, all involved, he's super still, creative people, yeah. and I'm sure it's not the last little bit I've heard from them. Yeah, he's he's still gone, and and I'm pretty sure if you're like the sole member in a band, and you've been in many versions of it, yeah, and it it, it can stagnify. I'm pretty sure that that feeling is magnified when nothing is going on anywhere yes. so yeah yeah so that's 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 another little bit of sad news um, but we wish everybody involved in Mill Teeth all the best um, going forward and we'll keep an eye on what they're doing yeah okay so that's a long old um, little uh, chat that we you know usually we keep that to a minute or two but I think it was, there were some big big items today so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, without any further ado we're going to kick into the album reviews and the first one uh, comes from Blocks the album is called Lie Out Loud um, and it is Blocks' debut album um, London based band uh, fronted by uh, wonderful singer guitarist uh, Ophelia Booth Whose um, you know super unique voice really kind of captured my attention back in, gosh, like early 2018, mid 2018. This under my doorstep for quite a yeah. while, and I only realised, shit, this is what he was talking about. Mm. So yeah, yeah, I got on board with Exciting. blocks. And um, all credit to Stephen Hill from the Right Act podcast because they were, that was how I kind of came to them. Nice. Um, but yeah, they they had I think they at that point they literally had like three standalone singles and like a double side single and that was it. And they had they since released a couple of EPs and here comes the album. Um, and the sound they had was, you know, definitely like shimmering pop at the core but um, with some nice kind of crunchy guitars and cool, like like a lot of cool guitar licks in each song and maybe ever so slightly hint of a 90s vibe. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that early stuff, but that was kind of the, that was kind of what they went for. I'm not yet. Really, really catchy though. Like just the, like fantastic choruses left, right and centre. Um, not, not, not too dissimilar from our friends at Yonaka, but I would say e- like more indie than, than rock. Um, and that brings us to Lie Out Loud, which has kind of been in gestation now for, you know, well, you know, the band have been going since releasing music since 2016. So it's been a good all while waiting for the album to come out. Um, and here it is. And Dylan, this is your kind of first experience with Blocks. Um, just interested to hear your thoughts. They are um, definitely, definitely of our realm, right? We, we've definitely loved bands like this before. Yeah, we have. We have. Yeah. We've covered... I think these are probably... In the vein of these bands that we've covered before, I'd the, say these are among the poppier at this point. Yeah, these, these are kind of like um, the, the future kids of the Paramore... Yeah. Uh, 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 their vision, right? Yeah. What they've cast out and do their... Yeah. Um, these There's a little bit up. of second album Charlie Bliss. There's a little bit of like a tiny hint. No, there isn't really. I was going to say there's a tiny hint of Vakovi. There isn't, but there's a little bit of uh, the second Marmosets record. Yeah, I, I yeah, and I'd say I'd say sticking with Vakovi as well as Marmosets. Yeah. Um it's just just the knockout choruses, mm. right? If if nothing hits you in this album, the choruses will. 
yeah for yeah, the most yeah, part yeah uh, mainly mainly the rockier songs there you go um there's there's a lot in between as well there's like three different types of songs they do i think that's fair yeah i think three is probably there were the three being the sort of like up-tempo fairly turned up rockers yeah. like five thousand miles swimming uh Go out with you. Well, go out with you is probably more with. But you think pop, pop, like more so sort of pop songs. Uh, that still goes with the Paramore. Yeah, okay. but then you got changes. Yeah, the quiet stuff. And I guess what you needed. What you needed. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Changes uh, of the of the quieter songs. I think changes is probably the more interesting one because it has a real. I think the verse is a real vibe of the Cure. It's got those fake strings that the Cure were doing quite a lot on yeah. um, Head on the Door and Disintegration, yeah, later mixed later. with more of like a Mariah Carey R and B vocal, which is very cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not my cup of tea, but yeah, it's cool to to mix it. Well, I just happen. mean versus the other one, what you needed, which I think I think more sounds like a like an Avicii song, circa twenty eleven, that just never quite gets to the drop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Nail the head. But but yeah, but I think just start positive, like mm-hmm. like you were saying, choruses for days. I mean, I genuinely think Five Thousand Miles might be one of the best songs of the year. I yeah, just, because oh. it's really good at first. Yeah. You see stuff, you see like a very interesting chorus kind of mm. kind of bah, 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 like yeah, that kind of so my love. It's yeah. n- it's not traditional kind of mm. um like the other songs I guess could be. Yeah, like some of them, yeah. Like the the balls to the wall like, out loud and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 5,000 5, Miles has kind of a, a slow mid-tempo start mm. that goes into this. Um, and it's almost an arena rocker in a way. It kind of but, is. But, but it reminds you of like... kind of feel. When you'd see, yeah, <clears throat> 5,000... Some of the best moments in this album remind me of the like... And this isn't going to be for everybody, but the sort of rush of euphoria of seeing a band like Tudor Cinema Club on their first Tudor, album. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like... Yeah, whatever. They people thought they were a bit lame, but undeniably they had absolutely huge, huge melodies and big moments of like sort of uh, of hold and release, I guess, in their songs. And there's and the best moments on this have that as well. Yeah, this this kind of song doesn't count on the giant giant power chords. No, to do to give you a catchy chorus, they just give you a great memorable melody right yeah and i think i think that production uh, which comes courtesy of uh, jennifer de silvio uh, on some of the tracks and james dring on others um it, i think it works for them at times and i think it works against them in others the avishu kind of ones well I yeah I, I i do think there is maybe a dare i say it a slightly 1975 sheen over some of the really poppy moments in this album um there's also what i would consider to be maybe a slightly uh, like third gear approach to pop songwriting on some of the songs, like uh, "Give Me the Keys," for example. That's kind of hard timesy, right? It's a little, it's a little hard timesy. It's I can't get over the fact that because it's it's such a it's really the core cornerstone of the song is that um is that hook that Amber uh, Mark sings in "Just Friends" by Chromio. Do you remember the last album? Yes. Um, I'm just trying to remember the 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 vocal part now. It's like that um. Yeah. You get that? Do you remember that? Yeah. And that's that's literally it's it's almost note for note like the exact that what I would consider a better song in Just Friends by Chromio. The whole chorus and part and main part of that song is the same 
kind of melody and rhythm so that song kind of just immediately goes yeah for me um it, 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 yeah for me it just takes away from what it won't I really work love it won't work it. out as like it's kind of going for that synthy synthy summer dance pop song vibe doesn't Some, quite get there for me something traverses related yeah yeah there is something it reminds me of that but i can't think of what it is it might come to me at some point in the next literally as soon as we finish recording i'll be like oh it was that and <laughs> um, but you know but then at the same time i think you know like coming up short I think that the moments where they are just a tiny little bit nastier a little oh, yeah. bit similar to what they did in their singles yeah it's mainly the first half of the album right because that's that's a lot right five five songs yeah it of, starts of off that. strong I think coming up short it's like yeah that's more like a like a 2000s indie anthem but it's yeah. got a, just a little bit of grit and then right at the end that song Swimming has kind of one of the only guitar licks in terms of that lovely buzzy yeah. guitar part I do, I do like how it ends that it's lovely. The production really shines there. As yeah, far as, as far as um, letting it swim in the reverb. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Sparkly. I like it. Yeah. 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 So those moments, I think, I really like. And um, the it's moments, kind of epic as well, right? It's got oh, a bit of a, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, and a lot of this album doesn't have the epic kind of feel. It's more kind of a party, uh, kind of a melancholic. I mean, it's um, like there's moments that could be like there's moments that sound like first album Katy Perry. There's moments that sound like Spice Girls. Like I think lyrically, like okay. off my mind, it, like uh, it could be like that sounds that sounds like Spice Girls meets like early like when Lady Gaga would bust out piano ballads. <laughs> I, I can't complain. I, I fucking love it. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like it, but I suppose like I almost feel like there's snatches of what could have been on certain tracks that mm. just I think they perfected that sound if you go back and listen to uh, Novocaine and um, Second Opinion which was which was a sort of a double single um, they they just on that if they had literally expanded that sound into a whole album yeah. I would be like a pig in muck I would be so happy whereas I feel like this one is a mix of stuff that I think they're really good at um, Lie Out Loud the opener yeah. Coming Up Short Swimming 5,000 Miles um, and then stuff that I think maybe they're not quite so good at, you know, in terms of like just going for straight ahead. Could be anybody pop. Yeah. But it's a mix. Yeah. It it, it kind of it kind of really puts puts the foot on the brakes right at yeah. points. It um, does. It does. Yeah. And, you know, when you've got such, I mean, I really think one thing that we haven't talked about and mm-hmm. I think it's it bears mentioning actually sure. is just first of all it's been a while since i've listened to an album that where pretty much every song is about relationships which is kind of funny because that that is such a thing in pop music yeah you know you think um, if you listen to the radio almost every song is about is about relationships of one form or another whereas kind of like paramore's first album yeah a lot of that yeah absolutely yeah um but but then I suppose we listen to some fucking weird music and I feel like the further away you go from the radio, the less about relationship songs become. They become about other stuff. There are two there are two people in the songs, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah There's yeah. a dialogue going on. But but what's really cool about Blocks is like it's just such a super lesbian album and really it's all I just, like that part. Yeah, it's just kind of Unabashedly. It's on a, yeah, it's it's so non casual. Mm-hmm. It's just like yes, like all these songs are about like yeah. crushes and relationships See, I, and I, stuff. I, I love that feeling of realizing it. Yeah. Because like I'm like, oh this is about yeah, this is awesome. That, yeah, that, and Fee has kind of just said like mm-hmm. there's absolutely no and I totally agree. Like there's absolutely no reason 
that like there shouldn't you know it's it's just the most normal thing in the world i think that's fantastic because mm. it's not it you know it should be that way right but it is unusual yeah it's like sometimes you hear um people talking about a relationship not theirs but in another perspective mm. um so like uh you you'd think a guy might 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 be uh might be talking about a gay romance sure but in fact, he's talking about another person falling in love. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah um, but yeah. this is actually this is no. Yeah. This yeah. is actually yeah. Yeah. And, and she makes absolutely no bones about it. It's it's just it's just done. It's done exactly like it would be done on a normal. Like I say normal, but like on another pop album, totally done without any fuss. And I love that. I think it's fantastic. And I'm, and I'm so annoyed. I don't hear it more often. Yeah. <laughs> me know? too. Like that's why. Although I, that girl in red actually has a song at the moment. I think it's called Hannah. And it's it's again. It's very much. It's like. I don't want to be your friend. I want to be your bitch, and it's like this really cool kind of like no, no, no. no I don't like. I don't want to be your friend. Like I want to be your girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, and it's quite quite nice. So I feel like that's something that's that's happening more and more and more, and it's great. And like Sam Sparrow, another great example. Like, exactly. Super super gay. I love it. That just it just it makes it makes everything about the music just feel uh, again a bit more different, a bit more interesting. Um, making no bones about it. I think it's fantastic. So that's that's all good. Um. I like the lyric. I think the lyrical content of this album is actually really good, and it's quite poignant at times. Like, particularly the songs where she's singing yeah. about people that have moved away and stuff. You know. Yeah, it covers all aspects of yeah heartbreak, right? It does. Like five thousand miles is the gold standard, I think. But you know, it's that like yeah. you know New York is stolen, my lover. Like people people move away, and maybe it's similar in a way to uh, don't go away, whatever that song is called. I just want to be your best friend. Yeah. The song off the Betts record. It's like it sucks when people move away. Mm. Um, regardless of whether they're friends or whether they're you know uh, partners or, or, or crushes or whatever like it just you know that that immigration thing really sucks and it is interesting to hear a bright breezy ostensibly kind of American sounding summary record from the perspective of people in England being like like I hope you're doing okay in America but yeah, like we're yeah. still stuck here in the rain <laughs> it's sweet this yeah. is sweet it is, it is, it's cool. Hey Jenny um, is a really sweet song as well, I love that. Yeah, Hey Jenny is cool, lyrically more than melodically for me, but I think it's, yeah, it's fun. It's, the chorus hits, the chorus hits, uh, you know. Yeah, think, yeah, the chorus does hit. An automatic kind of. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's, I think it's, I think it's solid. Um, I would, I would encourage, I would gently encourage blocks to maybe like rein in some of the more um, like off the shelf pop, uh, melodies from some of the record I think yeah. I think there's just a bit that I think the cling rap could be pulled away a little bit from some of it yeah. but overall I think it's a really strong debut mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely um, I, I what else would I say um, I guess there's, there's a good few songs that um, I only perk up during the choruses um, I, yeah. li- I like I like to see not all the hooks reserved for the choruses you can yeah. you, you can put hooks in verses yeah right you can, you can, and I think, I think, I think the secret weapon that they have deployed not as much as maybe they should have is, is you actually can, you, you can inject a lot more energy and power into your songs just by turning up the guitars. Like yeah. you, you can. Um, it's great to rely solely on melody, and that's something that is a pop sort of staple. But don't forget that you, there's a whole band there, and all you got to do is turn them up sometimes to to inject that passion into the songs. Yes. Yeah, but maybe it's, next it's time. cool. Maybe next time. Hopefully. Um, what is your favorite song? My favorite song was probably uh, Five Thousand Miles. Oh man, it's got to be that for me too. Yeah. Um, I know we like to pick different ones, but that's just no question about it's that. Kind of got a beachy feel to it. I, I like that. 
Oh, I love it. Right? Mm-hmm. I love it. It's, yeah. It gets me pumped. I love that song so much. Uh, 5,000 Miles is excellent. Go listen to that if you listen to nothing else. The album is called Lie Out Loud, and it's by Blocks. Seven from me. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, well, and it's a seven from Dylan. Yes. And it's a seven from me, too. Yes. Um, it's it's super solid start. What I would say is, uh, if you have any interest in Blocks, listen to Lie Out Loud, and then go find my Blocks 2016 to 2019 playlist, which has all of their singles. It's the same length. It's good. And it's fantastic. Um, they're great songs, too. All right. Next up, um, yeah, I think let's let's pull the handbrake up. Um, Kawatani is a composer, arranger, pianist yes. from Tokyo, Japan. Mm-hmm. No prizes for guessing who brought this in. It was Dylan. <laughs> you don't get a prize. Um, it kind of fell out of the sky, right? Like a moon mermaid. Yeah, mm, um, which is the title of the album. Literally, uh, very. I don't know how. Yeah, the literally, way the first thing I have written down is, how did you hear about this? I follow him on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> I literally follow him on Twitter. Because you're not going to find him on Google News, at least uh, in our language. Dylan, I found... I found The only thing I could find online about this album was like a an eight-post thread on a forum of people being like, there's oh, a new Kawatani soundtrack. And everyone's like, is it? Is it a soundtrack, though? And people are like, loving the soundtrack. Um, it's an album, right? It's just an album. Yeah. It's, yeah, okay, it's, okay, it's, okay. it's a soundtrack to nothing. It's a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a In the book. neoclassical sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I would have... That's um, what I suspected. Yeah, no, he's, a, he's, he's, a, he's very popular in multiple scenes. Um, yes. Um, Most famous for his, uh, his contributions to Mobile Suit Gundam. Gundam Wing. Gundam the, Wing. The best so Gundam. Yeah, uh, yeah. For me. Um, he also did the music for Shadow of the Colossus. Uh-huh. which people... Ico, I believe. So. Oh, did he do Ico as well? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. pretty sure at least. Um, again, not, not music that I'm super familiar with and not music that's easily accessible online, I would say. Uh, no, not really. You, you yeah. gotta kind but of I it. liked the theme, the main theme that I heard. And mm-hmm. um, also, I love that he's best known for his music for Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. Yeah. Uh, which is the he's... 26th movie in the Godzilla franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, 25th, pardon yeah. me. Yeah. One of the so, so basically, he's been active since 1987, scoring dozens and dozens of films, anime movies, video games, um, but very little of his music is available to sort of stream. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, he mm-hmm. drops his essentially debut album. Yeah. In his 60s. Right. He's Which, there. not unlike our old friend Chip Tanaka a few yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> I see a recurring theme. Yeah. I don't mind um, seeing them have a have their own little pick at their own yeah. stuff, right? Um, I think a lot more a lot more composers should do that. Well, I don't know what prompted him. Maybe it was lockdown, but I don't know what prompted him yeah. to suddenly release a studio album, um, you know, sort of 33 years into a career. But With a gap. I... He hasn't done too much lately. Okay. Right, there has been like a five to ten year gap of not doing much. Okay. So maybe there was kind of a uh, dusting off the... Uh, the uh, the woodwinds and whatnot. Yeah. Pianos. Well, regardless of the reason, I gotta say, yeah. I'm glad that he did. Mm-hmm. Because this is really good. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> like very magical off the bat. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff thrown in all together. Not just um, not just piano. No. Right. No, it's not just piano. Um, although I will say that I think some of the record's strongest moments do come in the form of piano parts Mm. like just to put people in the mindset like this is kind of in the neoclassical vein um it's very much 
piano driven with a yeah. little bit of synthesizer um, and then occasional Japanese instrumentation and occasional just bursts of weirdness. But generally speaking, this is an album of sort of aching piano melodies. Yeah, closer to Ico's somberness than Shadow to Colossus's bombast, mm. um, which Colossus did have a small bit of the somber weirdness. Okay. But um, you don't get a lot of bombast on this. No, 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 no. In no. fact, you get some kind of small sandwich big band stuff. There is one random like jazz song towards the end called uh, Sukio no Ishi. With the drums and all. Yeah. Which is good. It's really <laughs> I, good. I, I wanted to hear more of it's, it, actually. It's quite funny, actually, because yeah. the album, uh, it, it varies wildly. The, the track lengths vary wildly from like, sort of there's tracks that are like a minute and a half, two minutes. And then there are tracks that are kind of like five or six that kind of stretch out mm. really kind of give have room to they breathe. They have like an extra wind instrument or something weird in the background. And then kind of he does chromatic, blissful stuff over it with, yeah. with the piano. It's... Yeah, one one texture that kind of comes in quite a bit, it's like on tracks like uh, Yoake no Hanataba and uh, yeah. elsewhere, um, is, yeah, Shinoa no Mura as well as those N64 yowls, those... Yeah, the, the kind of... Uh, uh, that you might remember they, they appear from... They in Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, really? They yeah. do. You might um, remember them from the likes of Ocarina of Time by, <laughs> by Zelda. <laughs> Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah, kind of like um, some kind of bird soaring in the air, that kind of... Hawk sound. But like, but very much like 1997 sounding. But yes, yeah, and then you get bits of creepy kind of um, glass harmonica. Oh yeah, assume, right. There's like a dance. There's like a weird twisted dance of the sugar plum fairy song so, with like music box as the main instrument. <laughs> so like, it's unsettling, but yeah. it's still kind of blissed out and kind yeah. of otherworldly. I could say right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. I think, but like. Musically, the touchstone for me, and like maybe this is just me showing my ignorance, but okay. I I hear a lot of Joe Hisaishi on this album, like the yeah. sort of primary composer for mm-hmm. the Studio Ghibli movies that you yeah. liked the music from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tracks like Tsuki no Ningyo, like that first track is just gorgeous. It opens with like this sort of sound of a trickling stream, and then the piano that just Na- makes you feel like you're stepping into another world. Nature is totally there, right? hundred percent part of this as you see in the cover right the front cover is very oh, evocative yeah. of what you hear it's a lovely like blotchy acrylic painting of two people on a beach and i gotta say the the cover art definitely fed into my automatic sort of appreciation of this album just i can't stress enough how important cover art is sometimes like mm-hmm. to put you in the mindset of what you're about to hear this did a perfect job yes. i think that um art is excellent as a pioneer of of painted album covers yeah or just rather you know I, I, we've done them ourselves yeah I, I love that right? yeah no it's, a it lot really more can works. be said sometimes yeah a lot yeah yeah, yeah. In, in this it says, kind of sense it says a lot definitely it kind of gives it it, it suggests yeah the type of movie that this might be soundtracking um, and it's you know there's, there's, there's ups and downs one thing that I really wasn't expecting I mean I, you know the 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 Japanese instrumentation shamisen I think maybe shamisen. comes into it yeah very early on yeah um, and that kind of comes back here and there it's quite cool but the one thing I was not expecting was to hear what sounds just like a track from The Sims Two mm-hmm. <laughs> Shinwa Nomura <laughs> oh yeah yeah that like that Mark Mothersbaugh Sims Two sound just 
I, I felt like I was building my house and like yeah. and like giving my sim character traits. <laughs> and it works within everything, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, there's a little Wii music breakdown at the end, but it's mostly Sims 2. <laughs> yeah. You will understand what I'm talking but about. But I don't think it's out of place. It just... This album has a lot of variety. It sounds a tiny bit out of place, but I, I because I'm, I have such a fondness for those yeah. soundtracks, it's fine. I mean, I, I'm glad it's there instead of kind of uh, having another piano song in there. Yeah. Because there's a lot of good piano songs. There are. But then I, I like the um, the interlude kind of bits yeah, as yeah. well. They're, they, I think he tosses a lot of the uh, the shamisen elements and yeah. glass uh, harmonica and all that. Sure. Um, in those parts instead. Yeah, no, he does. He does. There's, 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 there's tons of variety. I personally would have preferred maybe like two more piano songs and maybe, maybe like one fewer interludes. Yeah. But I get it. Some really strong melodies with the melody hooks with the piano as well, which I liked. Yeah. Um, which kind of made it seem a little more songy than usual with him for JG. Oh, that last track is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah that one it gives me like the vibe of you know a rainy night in Paris or something mm. like that it doesn't quite it's it's not it, the the moments where this album shines I think are are certain the slightly jazzier piano songs there oh, are yeah. ones that sound a bit more like anime battle theme I think like Yoaki um, no sorry yeah Yoaki no Hanataba is one it's very Gundam Wing Shin- Shinwa no Mura is another one like that they definitely those ones definitely sound like they could be sort of like you've arrived at the final boss's castle kind of thing. Yeah. Like, he does kind of pick and choose from his past uh, history with, mm. with music and video games and anime. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what, what amazed me about this was how, generally, like, overall, how little it did sound like the work of a composer who was so entrenched in those worlds. Like, clearly he has a ton of kind of musical flexibility. Yeah. Um, and and it really just largely sounds kind of classically inspired. Um, you know, if if you're familiar with them, um, you know, Gymnopedi by Eric Satie, there's there's yeah. a real bang of that of Utsukushi, uh, Hebe number nine, um, which has a lovely accordion part in it, actually, that, yeah. I, that I love. Probably an electronic accordion, but it just sounds great. Yeah. It transports you this album to somewhere. It Not does. necessarily Jap- Japan, but... Uh... Not necessarily Places. Japan, no, but it's 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 sort of some otherworldly place. The one moment I think that really just doesn't work for me is mm-hmm. um, the uh, that song Yozora no Uragawa A. Um, they've they've very nicely written it out in uh, Romanji, I guess they call it, like in English kind of lettering. Yes. But uh, but you know these are Japanese names. I do not know what they mean. But that song um, to me, it's just too like you know 1001 most peaceful meditation vibe cd that you might hear in the background of like a <laughs> japanese it. tea room or a i hear you you know or or, um, or a massage parlor or something i mean that's technically not a negative right that's a good that's a good vibe it's just I a, like that vibe it's a bit too muzaki for me that one do you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of the thing the bits that i like the least off the david sylvian album no <laughs> fuck off with that i liked a lot of that but but there was <laughs> there was a little bit too much like yeah. come and relax with a cup of oolong tea yeah oh i will thanks uh, yeah yeah you will yeah but no but that was that's the only like real downer i thought i think overall this is this is very cool i i like this a lot actually yeah yeah good job it's a nice one good job kawatani <laughs> yeah which is k-o-w-o-t-a-n-i if you're yeah. curious because it is on spotify oh, yeah yeah lovely album tis which is a lovely break from the madness yeah needed it right <laughs> really needed it mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, favorite um, track. Favorite track, dude. Um, 
Ooh, uh, probably the second song. Hmm. Namini Yeru. Oh, okay. Yeru. I will probably take... Ooh, goodness me. I do think that opener is absolutely wonderful, so I'll probably take Tsuki no Ningyo. Mm-hmm. And that kind of opening track. It's just, just really lovely, and it gets you in a good mood. Um, so, yeah, fond of that one. Um, I'll probably give it an eight. Eight, yeah. 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 For Moon Mermaid by Kao Atani. Well worth your time, yeah. um, especially in a moment of quiet solitude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a generic piano album by any stretch. Yeah, and neither is this the new album from Narrowhead. Twelfth <laughs> House Rock is the name of the album, and it is the second uh, full-length studio album from the Texas band, um, and a band that I was definitely familiar with in my sort of 90s revival binge that I went through a couple of years ago when I discovered bands like Basement and Teenage Wrist and Nothing and Citizen. Another band that very much came into the mix was Narrowhead. Um, but I always felt like Narrowhead were very much the more buzzsaw edge of the 90s revival. Very mm-hmm. heavy, actually, in comparison to a band yeah. like Teenage Wrist, for example. Some of the, uh, the real kind of... Um uh, distorted muffs of of Smashing Pumpkins, early Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, that's the whiff I get. And were you were you familiar with the band before? Uh, probably 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 found a single or two. Yeah, Cool Emotion um, was the big single. That one's that one's just yes. done a ton of uh, the rounds. But uh, yeah. yeah, cool band. But what I will say is, I found them a tiny bit too monochromatic before. I just. Uh, it's not that I, I love heavy music, but um, when I go for this type of thing, I, I think I was I, I usually prefer my my sort of 90s emo alt-rock revival stuff to be a tiny bit more melodic than that second record, or that first record, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, actually, this might be their third. I've seen it, but I don't know if that was a mini album or something, but this is either the second or their third album. Um, but this album came along, and to be honest with you, I was a bit trepidatious about it. Um, it's... It was. It's one of those albums that's like recorded without a click, mostly live to tape in the studio. We did tons of takes, and like it's we've really captured that live feel. And usually, for me, that ends up sounding like compromised. It, yeah. it ends up sounding things got left out. Not 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 super full, right? And I and I put this on in the speakers, and I kind of said, "Ugh, yeah, it sounds kind of washed out. It sounds kind of harsh. It sounds kind of like it was recorded live." Um, and for the butt you're really stretching out the butt and then I listened to it on my headphones my nice headphones yesterday and I was like actually no I think it's just a headphone album because it sounds fucking great (laughs) or vinyl (laughs) or vinyl yeah or vinyl Um, yeah 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 Yeah. sorry all that to say it does sound like it's literally been beamed in straight from 1997 oh for sure like in a way that those other bands don't those bands sound like a crispy cleaned up like sort of pure concentrated version of that like yeah. feeling that you got from the 90s whereas Narrowhead literally just this, sound like they're this, from the 90s this has, fooled, <laughs> this has fooled me like nothing this year actually yeah 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 yeah. It, re- it really fools you it really gets into your into your bloodstream I yeah. think just like it opens up like um, like some Adam Pumpkin's Gish yeah um, Gish totally sure. that that riff do you mean are you talking about Nitrist or are you talking about the first track uh, I guess I guess uh, your song, right? Yeah, your song. Yeah, yeah the, the 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 reference points for me for There's that one rumble, was like right? hum, far, sunny day real estate. Yeah, you know, like just big. I know, I know the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, but yeah, no, like just just 
super heavy, uh, you know, um, and and I don't just necessarily mean heavy like sonically, like heavy distorted guitars, but just like Siva, 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 or Siva is Siva, Siva. I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. She, yeah, oh, off the off the Gish. the Pumpkins record. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm not so familiar with Gish, so um, well, well, it well starts started. on eleven. This album, yeah, it does, it does, it for sure does, mm-hmm. um, and it has an incredible amount of variety. Like that is one thing that you really only get from properly paying attention, is that it can go it from can it, yeah. it can yeah it, yeah such a tricksy album, but it can go from mm-hmm. you know that kind of really kind of washy blissed out sort of hum feel straight into sort of like a re- the, the best song Deftones never wrote in Ponderosa Sun Club yeah um, and then through to like a ninth, like a very radio ready 90s kind of almost college rock ballad in like Suttering Stanley and then through to Helmet and Quicksand and just pummeling alt metal heaviness on Hard to Swallow like that's all within the same five tracks yeah you get you get the wallop of of um, of, of of I guess adrenalized uh, era Deftones. Yeah, early, right? early for sure, early yeah, Deftones. Early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they just started getting melodic, this is close to that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, and I, I'm I I love how much they throw into this without making it too messy. I that's that's the, the I think that's the they, real they can split it up. They split it up very nicely. Rabbit out of the hat with this is that I think. It should be super messy. Like it should be messy and too long. I like mean, it's fifty-one some, minutes. Some songs are, I mean, as far as songwriting, some songs are intentionally ugly. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, for the, sure. Some of the, like the two-minute interlude songs are just kind of like that twelfth house is like yeah, it's <sighs> it's de- like the guitar is deliberately whacked up to like maximum fuzz. Yeah. Um, you know, a song like a song like Delano Door or Del- yeah, Delano yeah. Door. Um who has uh, Erica Miller an artist I'm not familiar with as the uh-huh. as the guest uh, artist but like it just sounds so evil and industrial and it almost kind of sounds like Swans meets Joy Division it's mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. it's it, she's almost sort of speaking and it, it's like it's like she's speaking a curse or something like that it's it's really kind of scary um which then leads into Bulma which is like this really happy upbeat kind of shoegaze song really so there's good. tons of variety not just in the songwriting styles but also in like the song lengths like you've got songs that are you know that are two minutes three minutes like really short sharp pop songs almost and into songs that are sort of six minutes eight minutes the last track is eight minutes I think Evangeline yeah. Dream and they actually managed to make it sound like it's all the same band which is kind of crazy yeah I know right <laughs> because, of, because of the whole like live in yeah world take thing that huh. works for it it definitely right? does it definitely does, yeah. I think the real sort of standout moment is Night Trist, which kind of comes in the middle of the album. Uh-huh. That, you know, it's just got that... It's such I a cool agree. groove. Yeah. I think we had a song that had a similar groove. Yeah, uh, uh, it, back just, in the day. it just gets to it. It, it just gets to the point. Oh, man, it's such a gallop. It's very kind of like a song that can start off with a chorus almost. Yeah, feel. yeah. Um, yeah, and then you've got this lovely, like the bass tone all the way throughout is so just everything about it screams like white shirt like or sorry plaid shirt um white t-shirt jeans like very front and center 100% like the drums and the bass just rocketing along um it's yeah it's it's a what's a wonderful song and that it's such a cool james weird e. the james e has all man sure james e hat fair enough yep but it's it's all there um yeah it's all there even on like nodding off i would say the ending it sounds like magnified era failure yeah you know it's yeah. it's got that kind of 
big wave of just distortion and then and then uh, Wastrel is uh, I don't know how you're supposed to say it. I think it's Wastrel uh-huh. is just like a super and I mean this in the best of possible like a super <laughs> super depressed emo song it's just like acoustic guitar and a moany vocal yeah. and I'm such a sucker for that <laughs> yeah I'm okay about it I love I'm, it I'm okay about it I love it I listen, I'm just like oh man like, I couldn't do a whole album of it but one song no. I'm like yes sink. I'm glad they threw it in there but <laughs> I want to sink into your misery pit <laughs> as if they had a checklist of, of things that came from the year they were doing yeah. a, I guess in a way a pastiche <laughs> right I would say more homage than pastiche but yeah yes homage sorry yeah, um, yeah I think it does it well because we've yeah you, we, it just doesn't borrow from modern <laughs> in no it doesn't they try their best to not reference anything modern that's you're exactly right this this album doesn't have any modern production doesn't have any modern instrumentation it's it it's thoroughly retro mm-hmm. oh boy is it retro yes but it is it's it's just super super retro but they're so good at it that I kind of don't care yeah you know, mm-hmm. I just don't care. Like it's, it's yeah, you're right. It's it's it sounds like a million bands, like sort of mashed into one. Mm-hmm. But I can't be mad because it's so well done. Yeah, a lot of bands have tried this lately. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think I've succeeded as much as these guys. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I don't mind this. I don't mind this. Yeah, I sometimes get annoyed by the other efforts. Right. Um, it can happen. It yeah. can happen. I mean, I'm such a sucker for this. I feel like you might have a slightly better uh, barometer for what's mm-hmm, what's mm-hmm. good and what's not so good but yeah I think this is particularly good yeah well it's, it, it doesn't try hard right mm. it just is it just is because it's it's so good automatic off the yeah. bat right yeah I think um, if you're going to make one of these albums you have to achieve a very difficult thing which is you have to actually write songs that sound kn- like you have to know why those songs worked that yeah. you're kind of kind of referencing yeah. moods and themes but you have to write songs that Something. genuinely sound like they've always been around and I think songs like Stuttering Stanley and yeah. Nitrist and your song actually do you're like yeah of course I remember this song from like you know 1998 you know I, I yeah this is yeah it's they yeah. sound like they've just slotted into the canon of <laughs> great sort of 90s emo alt rock sort of vaguely I hear this band referred to as shoegaze there's like one shoegaze moment on the whole album it's not really shoegaze yeah. it's you know I mean guess nodding off as like nodding off a little bit but no more so than like Deftones are shoegaze do you know yeah. what I mean um, it's more like nothing you know yeah. maybe like that kind of it's a bit grungy mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say shoegaze anywho no, this, this, um, this doesn't remind me of a band that doesn't want to look at the audience while they play they definitely yeah. want to be in the audience while they play that, yeah. that kind of band you know what not, yeah, not musically but I feel like energetically it kind of reminds you a bit of the Dirty Nail yes like I feel like these guys are just going to swagger on stage in these billowy clothes and like sunglasses and just beat you over the head with big riffs but mm. I love it yeah. I'm here for it um, yeah 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 yeah. I hope to see that someday <laughs> I would love to see Narrowhead yeah. live because I think at this point they've got like one really good good album and one really really good album yeah. so yeah um, I don't have too much more to say you about it for this one yo uh, infinitely yeah. yes okay yeah yeah, yeah. so they're yeah. learning as they go that's yeah. great yeah they're improving as they go definitely I think this is this is a real strong strong showing and it's one that like I like when we come into the show and I'm only just getting excited about an album that's usually a good thing it's kind of a bad sign if I if I get like a 
you get and sick a, of it. An insulin shot Before, almost. Yeah. And then by the time we get to the show, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of getting a bit done with this. No, with this one, it's like I'm I'm ramping up on the enthusiasm levels. Yeah, it'll only go farther from yes, now on. exactly. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorite track? Oh, oh God. Um, I mean, you know the song. I'll let you pick that song. <laughs> well, I'll pick a different one then. Oh. I'm going to go Emma Daisy. Okay. Um, because it's a perfect melding of like Color Me and Kindness Air Basement, which is probably the most modern yeah. <laughs> reference. And Rival Schools. Yeah. Um it sounds a bit like Rival Schools, the first one only. But yes. but yeah, that you know it by fate. But that's 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 such a lovely pairing that I gotta go for that one. Yeah. And it's Nitrist. Nitrist, of course it is. Exactly that. Love that beat. Hey we're not perfect. We forgot to score the album. Um I Donald give it a nine out of ten and Dylan gives it an 8 out of 10. Good record. Back to the show. Uh, Right, that is 12th House Rock by Narrowhead. We would all suggest that if you want to get the record, try and get it on import from Run For Cover Records for obvious reasons. Um, Alright, next up and last up, we are climbing into our time machine and going back to 2012. Not mm. a year we visited too often, I don't think, no, uh, no. on the show. <laughs> a Some... dark, dark time for music generally. <laughs> Is it, though? Or do uh, we just say that? I... Because I'm pretty sure Deftones released Koino Yokan around then, and it was astonishingly think, good. Was it? So, so there was stuff. We there just was didn't... stuff. There's we always just... stuff. I think it was a year before most of us got Spotify. Yes, it was. And, and could get spoiled by all this new stuff, yes. right? So Yes, that's true. That's true. Dark Ages in that sense. In, in, in certain sense. So Tram, uh, if you were wondering, stands for uh, Tarathas, I presume is how it's pronounced, Tarathas, uh, Reyes, Abbasi, more. Right, there you go. It's just initials, like Abba, it's initials. Um, and, the, yeah, the, so it... I only c- found that out recently. The band, oh, yes, yeah, so the, the band comprises uh, Adrian Tarathas of the Mars Volta fame on sax, flute, bass, clarinet, and extra percussion. Uh, he actually did not play on D-Louse which is my favourite Mars Volta album but he did play on Amputecture and Francis the Mute still good still very good mm-hmm. uh, cool band uh, Javier Reyes uh, and Tosin Abbasi you will know from Animals as Leaders yes yes, yes. Um, and uh, Eric Moore is a bit more of a sticky wicket he played with Suicidal Tendencies for a couple of years he played in a band called I think like Infectious Grooves but he's more of a session oh, yeah. drummer um, and he certainly was not being used to his full potential as we'll discuss on his Suicidal Tendencies um, uh, albums so yeah. album I think it might all, just be one all corners of a progressive note right in a way but yeah. then also slightly like slightly surprising that this is what they come out with um, it was Very released good. on Sumerian Records uh, back in 2012 it was kind of teased for a couple of months but this to date is uh, this album Lingua Franca which uh, could be debated is an EP it could be debated it's a mini album it falls under singles and EPs on, on Spotify but uh, the band themselves refer to them refer to it as an album um, I would yeah at, at 30 minutes long it's on the cusp right as far as content and stuff yeah they throw at the wall yeah it just seems like it yeah. right if, if it's ever like two minute two six minute songs then I'm kind of going into album territory yeah an EP yeah, I, th- I, 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 I just just for the sake of the show, I think we'll call it an album. Uh, it's called Lingua Franca, and it has some just right off the bat some wonderful Jeff Jordan artwork on the front. It's like 
This he is. It's like a it's like a spaceport bar in the middle of the African Sahara or something or like the I Serengeti. I don't know what's going on. And is, is the lady alien lady like you got the dime and the apes like? Rrr. Yeah, there's yeah there's a gorilla with yes. a with a timepiece and a fez, and there's a lady an alien lady with three sets of eyes and uh, I think like a martini or something or some sort of cocktail. Um, it's very strange. Jeff Jordan, you will uh, know his work from uh, the likes of. Bedham and Goliath and Amputecture by Mars Volta. He's also done the all of the illustrated cover art for Leprous. So that's nice. you might recognize that style a little bit. Um, he's done Protest the Hero album covers. He's a cool, really cool illustrator, and yeah. I, I like the album art. Nothing like it, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's jazzy. It's it, it sticks jazzy. with the nonsense jazz kind of. Yeah, I guess Tropical Folkstorm would be close to it. Yeah, trop- yeah, Tropical Folkstorm. I could see that. Um, very illustrated, but very cool. So. I don't think this is what one would necessarily expect when you hear the names involved in this, right? The sound of tram. No way. <laughs> I mean, a little later on, you get it. You you, know, you, you get you, it. You can you can piece them out. You get it. But uh, this was new to you, right? Uh, yeah, I knew of them. Okay. I think I listened to them, but that was eight years ago. Yeah. This is one that's been on my... And I don't really know how I came to it. I'm sure it was probably because I'm obsessed with uh, Weightless by Animals as Leaders. And um, I probably just, you know, through a Wikipedia deep dive, probably came to this. And I've just... Much more so than any any of the output by... And this... You know, people be like, fuck you. But much more so than any albums by the Mars Volta or Animals as Leaders. This mm-hmm. is the album that I go back to mm-hmm. again and again and again. You must explain yourself so to the audience weird <laughs> explain yourself well well because it's it's this really unexpected mix of guitar work and drumming that flits from tech metal it's tech metal production job and the and the the techniques flip from tech metal prog metal to like pure straight up jazz fusion in on a dime on a dime and then there's this sort of uh, storm of just like saxophone and bass clarinet yeah. and flute who's that, on the sax do we? Uh, that's that's um excuse me sorry the sax is adrian adrian terathas from uh, the mars volta nice um and and, and oftentimes it's pretty insane these incredible runs like these virtuoso runs that are being played on sax and guitar at the yeah, same time they, they kind of trade off very very fast yeah and quick without being totally weird about it yeah right yeah makes sense i don't know how music like this is written and um, um, but when it but when you get your brain around it i find it so satisfying to listen to <laughs> Jeez, i don't know i don't know oh you didn't like it no i mean i don't know how they do oh, it. oh i know me either I'm yeah to think about it i'd assume it's Whoa. it's connected to freeform um sorry i dropped my phone yeah it, it, it has to be but that's that's what i'm saying the, the artists involved maybe the mars volta a little bit but they, they come from bands that that feel quite quite rigid in their structure and I know Animals as Leaders is like a techie tech band but they're still pretty straightforward as far as tech goes and then to play, play on something as experimental and playful and influenced by you know like 60s Batman and like <laughs> John Coltrane yeah. and like Miles Davis uh-huh. But also Meshuggah and Primus and fucking weird shit like that. Yeah. I, it's, Definitely Primus and the bass. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't know how they... Ah. I guess it's very carefully thought out, yeah. would be my only guess. Yeah, super, it has to be. It has bass to drums be. kick in with each other, then, you know, you, you get your segments, like a classical, 
yeah. composition and then you just riff off them freestyle and they connect eventually I think that that's that must be it yeah and then also just I just like special MVP award to uh, Kalela Mizan Mizanek Christos and Shira Eric who did the backing vocals oh my god that's a whole How other, you, that's, you. Like, that's like the other third oh, right it's all it's totally just vocalizations but um, on tracks like uh, well, it, Seven Ways to Sunday it just adds so much having those backing yeah, vocals just, and as well especially that song ends on a new texture it's, that's all of a sudden very blissed out while still being frantic yeah um and and up, up uh, it's it's got a positive you're major. talking about the groove that bound 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 that groove it so, pops into my brain all the time yeah some some odd like some really cool latino elements to this as well 100 percent. yeah 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 yep. definitely definitely yeah i think that first track just sums up what tram do so well seven ways so because it starts off with like what what you expect to turn into a big fucking mashuga type like it's like and you're like okay here i know where this is going and then all of a sudden the sax the sexy sax kicks in you've got the drumming that's like flitting from that really typical sort of like hitting the sort of the the china symbol or whatever like and back to to jazz and then all of a sudden when that when those vocals come in and the groove and the riff that da 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 um you've got bongos going 90 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's so unexpected um and it all works somehow in yeah melding well, from section to section i think that song is a real just masterpiece i love that song it does first i mean <laughs> I, had, I had a look online to see what people thought about this oh yeah because jazz is is almost near impossible to agree on per person mm. right yeah um, a lot of them were like, I, "This doesn't glute. This doesn't stick." Oh, really? Me. But I think it does. I think it, it just is what it is, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's how, how can you judge something like this? That's this <laughs> insane, right? Hundred percent. It's, it's not boring by any stretch. God no. It all makes sense. It's all fairly catchy for for being so frantic as it is. Yeah. And mellow. It's got a lot to deal with, and it does it like no other. Right. I just I all I wish is I wish we had more of this stuff. Like you know, I wish I wish the album was maybe a little bit longer, but more so I just wish yeah, there was a second one. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, like the like Haas Kicker is another excellent example. Yeah, that's that's the most blissed out one, right? Well yeah. It's it's, cl- it's definitely joint. Like it has that Fall of Troy, I almost feel like that really twinkly, delicate yeah. guitar to start. But there's a lot of time to go through it, and it's one of the nicer long ones. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. It's really, really nice. Wailing, wailing sax. That sax where it's like, it almost sounds like there's like a croak in its voice. Yeah. It's just lovely. Yeah. Um, and that leads into... Very bebop sax. Very bebop. You up then Hollywood Swinging, which is just like this uh-huh. swaggering, loungy, kind of groovy song. Um, that goes from like bright sunshine right into the shade super dark section in the middle mm. that's just more it's just lovely day night cycle kind of yeah kind, yeah, kind of and I think the ending inverted ballad is one of my favourite pieces of music it's I, just gorgeous I can't argue with that it's so lovely that that guitar part already is a winner and then when the saxophone oh, it's actually a clarinet in that case but when the, that yeah. woodwind part just kicks in there's something magic about that. Mm-hmm. I think it's so well done. I don't think there's any drums at all in that track. It's just no. instrument. It's just it's just the the sort of melodic instruments, but yeah. it just sounds so good. Yeah, nice. Oh, I like I like the kind of noir jazz. Yes, parts. It's, it's yeah. cool. The least I think the le- the less successful stuff on this is when it's more typically just 
sort of animals as leaders but clean them with a saxophone like <laughs> Endeavor a it's little there. bit is like that yeah, it's there uh, where it goes it's a bit more sort of straightforward um, I think Consider Yourself Judged is cool but they do stretch it out a little bit too long maybe I love the start which sounds like a like a like, like I said 60s Batman or something like that <laughs> like it's cool but it's maybe a little bit long I think I think the strongest moments are where they really lean into the the jazz stuff yeah. which is yeah. mainly the, the sort of the start and then the last three tracks mm-hmm. um, but but they have to get that kind of referential stuff to their old bands in there as well because they are them right 100% yeah oh yeah they it's are part of their nature <laughs> even in jazz yeah 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 and I bet a jazz person would be like this isn't jazz but it's jazz now it's jazz baby that's what I call it that's what I call it so this is a winner for you I think so yeah Grower like the other album just it can only get better from here I think yeah um, they didn't do anything else did they I've been trying my best to find out just to like, give I know you some done, sort of a tram update I know they've done like side projects and other things well yeah I, you see yeah it's the, tough because I, I know Animals as Leaders is still sort of a going concern I think they had an album out like in maybe 2017 2016 um, huh. but yeah all I can say from the tram camp is that their Facebook page is still active they still sort of push the various work of the different members I mean Mars Volta is back Mars Mar- Mar- Volta is back oh are they yeah okay <laughs> well, to be to be seen this year but hey. yeah. well tram updated their Facebook profile picture um, like at the start of the year so make of that what you will um, it's obviously been a long time like eight years is a very long time for there to be kind of no activity eh, for a side project that's allowed but for a side project it's allowed and I would I would come back to it. love I just would love just to have more songs in the world that are like Seven Ways to Sunday or yeah. Inverted Ballad or House Kicker I can, I can only recommend more bands like this um, uh, recently the, uh, the 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 members of Baby Metal Baby Metal uh, did a kind of a, a thing like this yep. during the year and then uh, during this time was in 2013 was Volto which is uh, Danny Carey, the drummer of Tool. Oh, cool. He did a, a jazzy thing like this. It's yeah. a little bit more rocky, but, uh, st- you know, it's a, I guess a yeah. lot of these jazz prog-inspired um, yeah. artists, they really want to do side projects like this. There's That's that- the thing, yeah. It's it's like, it, 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 I think this one, what makes this one really special is that it, it this feels like a, it's it really feels like it's on the 50-50 line. Whereas I feel like with most of these like jazz rock bands, they're yeah. they're very much one side or the other of the of the coin, and this one feels like the coin is like resting exactly upright. Um, I welcome that Chimera. Of yeah, a, of a album. To be yeah, honest. yeah, and the talent like you cannot replicate the talent on display. I just think every single there is not a missed note. There is not one fuck up. Every part is impossible to put your brain around impossible and, to play again the same and, time almost yeah <laughs> but almost impossible to hum along with but super satisfying when you can yeah yeah when when the backup singers come in it's, yeah it's, like like that you know like when you're singing along with um seven ways of sunday you know it's just yeah i i find this very very satisfying music i gotta say yeah. and i would love to I have a great more. vision of you head banging in the car to this oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh speeding like, up a little faster that riff in your, your lowrider now yeah 100 <laughs> like i get the hydraulics going yeah. at the end of seven ways to sunday no question about it it's just yeah they've, yeah they've 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 made they said that they're you know the press pack for this album was like we just want people to like feel something when they listen to our music that's our goal 
this music makes me feel stuff. I think it's yeah. so good. Whether it be feel negative, feel weirded out, or feel just blessed out. You know, it's, Damn right. It's fun. All of the above. Favorite track? Um, fuck. Uh, Haze Kicker. Oh, House Kicker's good. Oh, house kicker. I don't know what it stands for. It's in all caps. Haas. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that song is great. That song's really good. Um, I'm I it's it's all about oh god ah uh, this is where I gotta choose. It's all about Seven Ways to Sunday. Inverted Battle is cool, but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't give Eric Moore the yeah. the chance to shine like Seven Ways to Sunday does, and that's just such a great oh man awesome what a unique great awesome unique song um yeah so I'm super happy we covered that. It's been on my list for a while, and yes. I just think I love these. I love finding these little musical curios like you know we never run out of them hashtag where they name. we never run out of them we don't um no we don't here we are Every like time i think we're gonna three years down the line and we're yeah. still still going strong um so that's tram t-r-a-m not the british musical duo or whatever comes up on wikipedia but t.or.a.m. Um, and the album is called lingua franca it's half an hour long and trust me you need it in your life but uh, that's all we got for the show this week it is and thank you so much for joining us as always you can follow us uh, easiest way to follow the show is on Spotify but we are on everything and you can also follow the playlist that we use to uh, review the albums on the show it's just also called Kill Shuffle the playlist and follow us on Facebook Twitter and you can drop us an email at our website just google uh, Kill Shuffle alright thank you so much for joining us Dylan it's been good to you and yours to me and mine goodbye (laughs) 